0: Good morning, glad to see you all, glad to be here with you before this Thanksgiving holiday. I just felt like I should, you know, from the Lord, I should call a fast for Thursday. Anybody with me? <laughs> it's got one guy, it's like, yeah, well, let me know how it goes at the end of the day. <laughs> I heard a joke, yep, yeah, uh, a guy, it was a corporate church-wide fast, a guy reported back to his pastor, he, he finished his fast in three hours. He was able to get it, get it done early. That's good. I like achievers. I like to be productive, I like to be effective. Uh, hey, speaking of productive, we have a Christmas production that I think will be very productive for your families and your friends and, and whatnot that uh, usually this is the time where, hey, if you can get them to come to church at any time of their their year, this is the time. And so we want to give you an easy inroad to friends and family that you've been trying to reach and we're going to use a Christmas production, which is really done all in-house, written in-house, uh, directed in-house, produced in-house, acted in-house, and in, in performed in-house, all things in-house at Thrive Community Church. And so you'll have to register early. There's three services. There's, uh, on the 23rd, there's going to be two, and on the 24th, there's going to be one at 10 a.m. You can go online at livewithpurpose.church and check out, check out the events to see the exact times and register. But... You'll want to register early because we, we kind of have this set up to where you register for a service so that we can make sure that we have plenty of room in that service for the people. And then there will be overflow. And so it's almost like a free ticketed event, and there's only so many tickets to be given away at each service. Does that make sense? So we want you to talk with your family, invite friends, and say, hey, when can we get you here? Or when would you like to come? And get them, bring them, and we will do the rest of the work, all right? We're going to love on them. We're going we're to turn this into a very uh, life-giving holiday because, again, for many people, this is a very challenging time, very trying time. You know, you have your memories. You have some bad memories. You have some great memories. And probably some of the people that you're going to be seeing around the Christmas holidays this year, you have both great and bad memories with. And so we want to help you to address in the sense of fun, light, uh, humor, but also a serious note through this production, that hopefully will tear down some walls, and you can just enjoy the holidays this Christmas season. So, uh, you can help us by bringing your people, and we'll help you by bringing a powerful production. Is that that fair? All right. Uh, so, don't forget to, to re- reserve your seat online and early. All right. We're in our last message message of our series. Discipling. linda discipled discipline Disci- remember in order to be a disciple, you really need to be discipled, and you have to have some disciplines in this in this uh, in this effort of being a disciple. Nobody likes discipline. the idea of discipline just turns people off, just shuts you down, but we like to be trained so that we can be effective for a work that we 're called to do, or we're hired to do, or we have a desire to do. And really, inside of all of us, we should have a desire to walk with the Lord in the way the Lord walked to the best of human ability, also being empowered by the Holy Spirit. These together, these efforts and this desire, and and, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, allow us to embrace disciplines. So I'm going to talk a little bit more. We've talked about several things. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about uh, this thing called the wall that we, we will come up against, and it looks like chaos from the inside gone external, and sometimes God's trying to remind us, hey, who you are inside is not who I say you are, and so it feels like it's external turned internal, but nonetheless, God is trying to bring you from a place of what was good for back then but it's not going to be good for where you're going. And so God is trying to sift some stuff out of you, and it's actually an invitation from God. You know, there's, there's things that we want to blame on the devil, but really God is actually allowing to purify us so that we can conform to the image of Christ. And so instead of rejecting and rebuking them, we may need to start accepting them. So instead of rejecting and rebuking some of them, we may need to start accepting some of them and let them work on our character and our nature so we can be transformed into the likeness of Christ. All right. Pastor Marcus came a couple of weeks ago and was talking about the condition of our soul as, as a church body, as disciples. And we're not here to go and build a church. We're here to make disciples. We're here to make people big and raising up the Lord in them and them in the Lord. That's the whole purpose and that comes with making disciples, but being a disciple requires some discipline. Talked about some disciplines, spiritual disciplines last week. Talked about reading the word, studying the word, listening to the word, learning the word, loving the word, talked about meditating on the word, we talked about journaling on the word. These should just be natural uh, natural byproducts, natural things, nat- natural disciplines of every believer. this is wh- who we are. This is how we become to know and come to know this man Jesus and the God and the God of Jesus. And so we read, we study, we learn, and then the Holy Spirit shows up and just does a work. But with all of that, there's got to be some stewardship. There has to be stewardship. And I know sometimes you think stewardship, you're like, "Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't want to learn things that I have to be disciplined by. I love my flesh, and I love to let my flesh loose to do whatever it wants to do. Like, you're not really, you don't really declare that, but you, you really believe that. Like, you really do. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to shape some stuff, shape a little bit of you, of you today through the content, and you're going to be like, oh, I don't want to do that. That sounds like work. And But yet, yeah, you, yeah, you really don't like a lot of attributes or parts of your life as it is right now. And so you you complain and lament about those things. And so let me give you an invitation of some things that will actually cause you to be very, very, very gifted, very talented, very uh, productive and very effective in your life. And these are just a byproduct of you putting disciplines and stewarding those disciplines, putting them into practice and stewarding them. So it's like working a machine and just knowing how to fine tune that machine to where it just, it just flows. So I'm going to give you some of those practices today that I'm not perfect in, but I strive for it and I put back into place. And when life gets a little chaotic, this is where, this is my go-to. I come right back to these four areas and I sharpen them back up and I shape them back up. Uh, And and I just want to talk about it because it's easy for us to get spent out because life gets going. And honestly, when you start to put these things into practice, God just starts to favor you and bless you. And all of a sudden there's or in life than you can actually, you're prepared to handle, but you have to grow within. And so you kind of, you start redlining a little bit. You start running out of gas. And, and I don't know if you've ever run, anybody ever, any male ever ran out of gas in this room? It's obvious the other way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to ask redundant questions. There's no sense in wasting time there. But I had this old, <laughs> this old, I grew up in the, I got my vehicle, my car when I was in the 90s, in the 90s of 94, I got my license, and about 95, 96, I had this uh, old 90-something Mazda B2200, anybody know what a Mazda B2200, is. right, anybody remember the Testarossa, Testarossa kits that people used to put on side of trucks and cars, anybody remember that, all right, this Mazda had a, I didn't buy, I didn't put it on there, but it already had it on there, this Mazda pickup truck had a Testarossa kit on, on it, and it was, I mean, it was fly. Low riding, looking hot, look everything. I mean, just, there's this, there's this uh, area in our town I grew up in, Kilgore, an old 7-Eleven by the baseball field where we go and practice. And uh, I was stretching the tank on that on that Mazda B-2200. You know, it's, it's fuel efficient. It's, you know, it doesn't take a lot to push it. it, it you can literally push it with your hand and, and just kind of leaning on it if it's in neutral. Well, I, I was running out of gas, and I knew it. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to hit this hill on my coast. I'm going to ride right into 7-Eleven. And uh, I did, but I came up, as it stopped, I was just waiting, 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 like, come on, come on, come on, I stopped about a foot short of where the hose, the, the gas tank could could reach. And and that's really a lot like our lives, right? We're stretching it, stretching it, stretching it, and oh, I can got it, I got a little bit more, I can put another day in, I could put several more hours in, I got it, I got it. And then you realize you just come up really short, and in fact, you're depleted, and you didn't Realize the level of depletion you could actually reach by stretching yourself and, and pushing yourself to the limits, trying to stretch your own gas tank, right? Yeah, I'm right. But so we are out of gas emotionally, physically, time-wise, and financially, and we're wondering why we're stressed and we can't do this thing called Christianity. We can't operate and function as disciples. And you're gonna think. Well, I've never thought about it that way, but I'm going to show you how these very things are always on our mind, and they're always challenging us, and we're always challenging them, and they're actually the stressors that keep us from walking out the life of Christ that we desire to walk out. But if we'll just put these things into place as a discipline and steward them well, favor will follow. Favor will follow in mark six thirty one and 32 he says this jesus says then or the stories about jesus then then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat you ever been working and man i don't have a chance to eat in fact i was working so hard i forgot i didn't have a chance to eat so he said to them the disciples come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place This is a simple discipline that it seems so foreign to us. That It seems so foreign that we should just stop and have a discipline of practice where we know we have a set time where we're going to stop. We have it already planned out or a day where we're going to stop, and we're just going to pull away. We're going to take care of ourselves so that we can actually take care of others. And sometimes, somewhere, we started feeling guilty about taking care of ourselves Forgetting the fact that as we take care of ourselves, we can actually have more of an impact on the life of others. Am I right? And so it's important to know how to rest. as as It's as important to know how to rest as it is you know, to know how to work. Because when I talk about rest, I'm not talking about being lazy. I'm talking about hard work that actually is, allows you to be work harder because of your ability to rest well. And I don't mean hard work as in laboring hard. I mean you're very, very effective and productive in your work, and you're steadfast and consistent. And so that's affected in a, in a positive way because of our ability to rest healthy and not feel guilty about rest. I'm talking to some people. I'm talking to America today. Remember how Elijah, after defeating the 400 prophets of Baal, he was depleted, he was exhausted, emotionally drained, and so he ran to a cave. In fact, he even told his servant, stay here, I'm going to go get away. He didn't go to get away with the Lord. He was so spent, so exhausted, he pushed the people who loved him away, and he went to run to an isolated place with confused thoughts. You ever see how people are spent, exhausted, instead of taking care of themselves, and instead of walking with people that love them, they push them away, and then they choose to isolate and they get buried in their confused thoughts? You've never done that, but other people. And we have many things to be faithful in, but most importantly, that which has eternal value. And we get things out of line because we get so emotionally spent, our minds can't think sharply, and so we start to bring in things that are not of eternal value, and we get them confused with things that are of eternal value, and before it's over with, we're jumbled in what we're doing and why we even what our purpose is. And devotion time, health, family time, relational time, serving others, giving, and rest, these have eternal values. In fact, rest comes from alignment. Rest comes from alignment. My ability to rest, it depends on my ability to trust God. And the more I trust God, the more I can rest. And the less I trust God, the more I have stress. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't he generous? Are you going to just come to me? I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Next. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. You know when you've been in the presence of God and you found rest because you become gentle and lowly in heart, not haughty and built up and proud and arrogant and difficult to be around. Amen. For my yoke is easy, and I'm not trying to heap up burdens on you. And whenever you're stressed and you're exhausted and you're tapped out and you're stretching that B2200 gas tank, not only are you heaping up burdens on yourself, but you're likely heaping up burdens on other people around you. And the trick, the the, the whole switch has been lost of if I just press pause, go find some rest, get get some insight, I can come back and be way more effective in the very thing that I'm trying to stretch the gas tank to accomplish. So I want to talk to you about this acrostic that I have for you of rest so that you truly understand what rest is because rest is indeed not laziness. Rest, the R for rest is to to, uh, maintain a healthy routine, maintain healthy routine. We are built in such a way where we function well when we have a healthy routine in place. We just are. We have about 12 systems of routine that are working continually within our body, and you're glad they are. Every time you go to the bathroom, you are so glad that one of your systems is working just fine. And when you can't, you wish that system was working just fine. You need that morning routine, and everybody knows what I'm talking about. Well, Luke 4.16, is is Jesus is saying, as about about Jesus, says, "As as was his custom, his routine. It was regular and common for him. It was what he did. It was his schedule. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Can I just tell you, Jesus didn't just say out of rote routine, showed up at church because he was supposed to be at church. When you show up at church... I'm going to church so that, the, so that what I'm hearing and what the Lord is saying can change my life so that I can be in a different individual. Sometimes we have routine of just showing up at church, and sometimes we don't even come into these doors. We want to sit out and talk to people or hang out outside and, and just say, I went to church. Well, church hadn't affected your life because you're not in here to see what the Holy Spirit can say to you to transform the, the, your heart matter the issues of your heart, the seasons of your life. So why are we even here if we're just here to be sitting here? We should be here for heart, for life transformation. That's why Jesus went to church. It wasn't just to show up to be religious. Jesus, in fact, was the most unreligious individual on the face of the earth of the day and still is. And so what what custom do we need? What routines do we need? What absolutely you need to show up at church, but we need a morning routine. We need a work routine. We need a family routine. We need meal meal routines. We need sleep routines. Our bodies desire these. Our morning routine, productive people plan their morning routine for success. Like I'm getting up I'm doing my devotion. I'm writing down what, what, is, what I need to do today. I'm looking back from yesterday. I'm looking towards tomorrow and the week, and I'm designing my day for success. I don't just walk into the day and wonder, what's going to happen today? No. I'm taking charge of my day. I've got a custom to plan my day for success, and I allow for change and shifting as necessary, But but I have a game plan for the day. My work routine, same. I'm going to keep it under 50 hours, but I'm going to plan that work week, and I'm going to have it. I'm going to, here's what I need to get done this week. Here's what I would like to get done this week. Here's what I have to do today. And I'm going to execute, and I'm going to execute really well, and I'm going to be intentional about it because God has given me that to steward. And every person that has a job or any kind of responsibility in life, it has been given to you by God to steward, and he is testing your heart on how well you're going to steward it. And then he's also given you disciplines to put into place according to his word so that you know how to steward it well so that he can bless you and favor you and he can cause you to be in success or blessing in whatever re- arena or realm of life that he actually desires for you, but you're going to have to do the hard work of putting in the disciplines for stewardship. Family routine. Well, I need to have time with my family. I need to have at least a meal per day with my family. I need to have a date day or night or, or lunch or meal or something with my spouse. I need to go home. I need to spend 15 minutes with each child. And I'm telling you, just 15 minutes will fill my kids' love tank so much when I invest it specifically in each one of them. They're, they're so full of love, they start veering away and going playing by themselves, And I know their love tank is full. Let me go over to the next one. And the next one's over there. And all of a sudden, she's playing in her dolls, and and she's busy, and she's lost in her world because her love tank is full. Okay, they're good. I can go downstairs now. I I can fight and lament and be in chaos for eight hours, or I can spend 15 minutes each and fill their hearts up, and I can have a blessed day. Disciplines and stewardship because God has given me my family. To steward well first. And then meal, meal routine. I need to have a good regimen. My body gets hungry at certain times of the day. I need, it's not a surprise. Like I'm 45, I'm a 46-year-old. It's been happening for a long time. Why should we be shocked? So therefore, I know I'm going to get hungry about this time. Let me have plans, something to have snack or a snack on or to have a meal or I'm going to eat before 1130 because so, I know that's my hunger hour. So I plan that out. Like, I don't want to be hangry and, and be all upset with everybody because it's not their fault that I didn't plan my meal time well. Can we grow up? I'm gonna, I, need to know, I know I need to have something on my stomach before I leave. I have a protein shake so I can at least have something on my stomach before I leave the house so I don't throw up on everybody's anger. Like, stu- simple stewardship practices. Eat, before, eat, eat at least 11 hours or th- to 13 hours before you're going to have breakfast the next day. Like don't go to bed on an extremely full stomach. In fact, eat only 80% until you're 80% full. Go to, go to bed knowing I'm just eating because I need something on my stomach because I'm about to fast for 12 hours. And you should be fasting for half the day. That means from dinner until breakfast, that's when you break fast. Right? Like I'm putting I'm just working the machine because it's gonna cause me to be functional and, and productive and effective in all that I do. So I've got to work this little machine. Sleep routine, nine, go to bed by 9 or 10, be up by 5 or 6, make sure you have time for devotion, probably exercise for th- at least four days a week for 30 minutes, get outside and do something. It's beautiful outside. Like, walk in place, at least do something, get your body going. In fact, let me give you a, this 8 plus 8 plus 8 routine. Eight hours of hard work, eight and I mean grinding, like I'm just getting it. I'm hitting it hard. Whatever it is that you do, I'm investing eight hours that day. But I'm also gonna a- invest eight hours of sleep. Like I'm going to sleep. I'm not get off the screens, get off the screens, and go to sleep. And then the last eight hours is three S, 3S, three H three S's. Faith, family, friends, health, hi- healthy or health, hygiene, and hobby, and then soul, service, and smile. I'm gonna choose joy. I'm going to have fun right here. That's the other eight hours. That's what I get each day to do this right here. And it may all it's not always going to be the same. It's going to change, and depending on the day of the week, but guess what? I plan my day because I plan my week. I already know what I have room for, and I already know what I don't have room for, but I'm going to shoot forward. I'm already going to, I'm already going to plan my Sabbath. It's planned every week. It's not a surprise for me. I know that's the day. I'm going to grind because that's the day I'm going to rest. And I put no thing on my calendar. What do you have to do today? No thing, nothing. Can, I, can you come over? No thing. I'm sorry, I cannot. Because you need me to rest that day as much as I need me to rest that day. And my family needs me to rest that day. And so I'm going to schedule and plan I'm going to stick to that day. And I'm going to be effective after that. And this is why God wants us to honor the Sabbath. Uh, physical energy. We feel under under rested and overwhelmed. There's three things that drain our energy: poor conditioning, sleep deprivation, and obesity. Like I can't function well when I'm into those things. Where people are underslept, overweight, and under exercised. In fact, medical authorities estimate 50% of all deaths are a result of lifestyle choices. Like I just don't eat well. I have a lack of sleep or a lack and a lack of movements, and I have poor habits. Well, you can't change everything, but change change your habits. Just start changing what you believe, then change a habit, and then watch the outcome. And stick just stick to it. In fact, your body is kinetic. It's a kinetic energy machine. I have a watch, I have a couple of watches, they don't require a battery. Isn't that phenomenal? All I gotta do is do this and they start to work. You are just like that. I don't have energy. We'll get to moving. I don't have any energy. Well nobody yeah. Move and your body will turn what you do have into more because you are made by God to be kinetic, and He's never wrong. He's even right over your moods. Get to moving. In fact, popular science popular popular science says this: the human body contains enormous quantities of energy. In fact, the average adult has as much energy stored in fat. As a one-ton battery. And some of us have more energy than others. Movement produces kinetic energy, which can be converted into powerful, power. Because some of you are more powerful than others. Isn't that great? So don't say you don't have energy. Uh, yes, you do. In fact, in fact, it's just in your fat. <laughs> like you just need to <laughs> release it a little bit. Like let go of something. Quit being quit quit hoarding your energy. Like use it. It's like having a bunch, of, a bunch of gas in your fuel tank, but you don't use it. What happens? It just kind of gets sour, goes bad, starts to mess stuff up. And e, manage your emotions. Manage your emotions. Maintain healthy routine, R, E, manage your emotions. This is where the bulk of your focus really needs to go because this is kind of the, the control center, the powerhouse. Of everything that you do, of the four, of the four physical, emotional, time, time, and finances, emotional margin is 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 the most important. Especially those of us who work in work in uh, serving or uh, health serving or life serving uh, fields of serving other people, you get depleted really quickly. Because you're constantly giving, constantly giving, constantly giving. And guess what? People are constantly taking, constantly taking, and constantly taking. Like, they they are not concerned about you as they are themselves. And so you have to, by discipline, plan times of getting away like Jesus did and like Jesus tried to guide the disciples to get away because they're going to keep pulling from you. So pull away, get rested, get recovered, get recycled, and go back and give away. This is healthy discipline. This is what we're called to do. And without emotional energy, you cannot take on difficult problems. Anybody know? And I'm the same. But when I'm depleted, like I've, because I work hard and I give out and I'm, I go at it and I care so much. At the end of the week, like I'm, I'm emotional. I just am. I cry easy. Like for no reason, I'm watching a cartoon and I'm watching Bambi and I'm sitting here crying. And like, I know it. Like it's not. Is there's nothing wrong with me? It's just I'm exhausted emotionally. I need to recharge. I need to recover. I need to be filled back up. I need my energy and my emotion, my emotional energy and to be built back up through rest and time with the Lord. Uh, it's easy to tell when we're emotionally spent because your emotions are high, your decisions are poor, and your relationship skills have just left the building. Like you don't even have the capacity to have good relationship skills anymore because you're so tapped out and exhausted because of a, poor, of a lack of discipline, lack of rest, poor eating, no exercise, and too much screen time. Get off of that and change your life. Remember, Elijah went away into isolation and confused thoughts when he got emotionally zapped. Luke 10, 41, 42. Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. The the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus wants us to have the good portion. See, Martha was restless. She got all bent out of shape while she was cooking a meal. Like, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing all this stuff you right now. She's to get all bent out of shape because they just do and do and do and do. And they want you to do and do and do and do. But I am. I'm getting the good portion. I'm going and resting at the feet of Jesus so I can come back and be who he needs me to be for others. And Jesus is asking you to pull away for a, a time, plan your day, rest that day, and get back at it. Martha was restless. Her emotions got out of balance. And we deal with cell phones, schedules, money, news cycles, all kind of stuff. Turn Fox and CNN and all the news stations off. Turn it off. If you're not going away from watching the news feeling, man, I just feel so edified and built up, so full of life and joy, and every conversation is just so life-giving, Turn it off. Turn it. And any any show that you're watching, anything that you're binging, if you don't go away and just your family loves you more, turn it off. Try to keep this, try this to keep your emotions balanced. One perspective perspective. Put everything out into eternity. You know what? As as fast as they come, they go. It's going to be all right. God is still in charge, He's still on the throne. He's still still going to decide what happens at the end of the day. And so let me put it out into eternity. I'm going to keep my mind set on heavenly things, not on things below. Things below stress me. Things below worry me. Things below give me anxiety. But I just look to him. He's going to be all right. He's still good. And in fact, the more we can look to him and into these earthly parameters and earthly things that are going on, the more we can impart heavenly truths right there. The number, number, uh, next one is margin, the space between your peace and your limits. Margin is the space between your peace and your limits. So sure, sure, I can go and do all those things. I got some really, really wide capacity and limits. I can burn and burn and burn and I can burn and burn and burn, but I don't like who I am when I'm burning and burning and burning. I'd rather leave some space that's called margin between here's where I have peace for doing whatever it is that I need to do. And out there, that's my limit. And every once in a while, I'm going to stretch out and get to that place. But I've already planned, I've got a vacation coming. And so I'm going to hit the beach, I'm going to rest, or I'm going to do whatever I need to recover here so that I can get back into my place of peace, maintain margin so that I can be better and more effective at whatever it is God calls me to do. And that's not just a ministry thing. That's a you being a, a person, a son or a daughter in Christ thing. So emotional overload zaps our strength, paralyzes our resolve, and maximizes our vulnerability. Why would I spend more time and energy and emotions outside of my peace zone, into my limit zone, when I have to make poor decisions that are going to cost me more time, more stress, more effort to come back and fix than just staying in the place of peace, keeping margin, and that way I can make emotionally healthy decisions and keep my relationships in a good situation. You see the trick? Get spent out so much that you don't have any margin left that you're emotionally zapped, so you ruin your relationships and you make poor decisions, and usually make poor financial decisions, by the way, as well. Romans 14 and 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Spirit also need healthy relationships i'm going to manage my emotions well i need healthy relationships you ever have those friends that they're gone for six six months and all of a sudden they just appear back in your life and they need stuff from you they're just needy 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 like that's that's not a healthy relationship then you got those other relationships where it's like when they've gone away for six months they come back And the the kindredness and the friendship and the joy is just like it was when you hung out yesterday. That's a healthy relationship. It's the people that love your no as much as they do your yes. It's the people that love you in your absence as much as they love you in your presence. That's a healthy relationship. They're not sucking life out of you when you're not around. you are not worried about them gossiping about you if you're not showing up. You're not worried about them saying anything that they have to say or do or if they're going to leave or flee or run or abandon because they just love you. Anybody know those people? You got some people that you have healthy relationships with? Pull them in. Pull them in. And make sure that you do because the five closest people to you, that's what you're going to look like in about five years. You cannot be a hermit and be, and, and be healthy, healthy, uh, healthy emotionally. And we need people and people need us. And what we need, what we need to best manage our emotions is others. We need, a, we need family and friends. We need to hang around joy-filled, forgiving people. If you hang around joy-filled and forgiving people, you will be too. But if you hang around critical and judgmental people, you will be too. So remember the five. Family and friends are good friends or good medicine. We need church and community. We need to be a part of a Thrive Tribe and a, and a serve team. The whole purpose of those is not only for you to use your gifts, but also to find purpose and to be, find deepened relationships with people that you're you're doing life together with while you're making a difference, serving others, and hopefully you're bonding in relationship to one day you're like, well, I'm going to serve when, when they serve. Like, when I come to church, I want to serve when this, this group of people serve because we love each other. We're doing life together. I'm not just... Showing up to church because I'm supposed to show up to church. God didn't call us to go to church. He called us to make disciples. He called us to be disciples. We, it takes effort and a lot of dying to self to become a disciple. And then one, we need to reconcile Relationships. You need to forgive and be forgiven. You need to put to rest the internal dialogue. If you have internal dialogue about people who are not in your your presence, you need to go resolve some issues. And you can only resolve it as as much as you can. You're not in control of what anybody else does. And our love for others must transcend their response towards us. Our love for others must transcend their response to us. Like, I'm going to clean up my street, I'm going to do what I need to do, and I don't care what you have to say, I'm doing this for me and doing my part because I, that's what I'm supposed to do under God. And serving other people. We need to reconcile relationships and serve other people. We need, we need to find rest. You need time to recycle. And for our emotions, we need to laugh and we need to cry. If you haven't laughed in a while, it's probably because you haven't cried in a while. Laughing is healing and cr- crying is cleansing. Some of you just need to go and cry for a little bit. Just let it all out. Just like a big, like God's hands just squeezing and purging you of, of tears. That's good. You need that because if you don't cry, you'll become embittered, you'll become angry, you'll be, become critical, you'll become judgmental, and in fact, you'll become very di- uh, unpleasant to be around. So cry so that you can actually laugh. A joyful heart. Proverbs seventeen twenty two: A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And and then let me s is remember the Sabbath. You need rest. Remember the Sabbath. I need to maintain healthy routine. I need to take care of my emotions. I need to be emotionally healthy, and I need to remember the Sabbath. Hebrews 4.10 4, 10 says, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. There's something about entering God's rest where when you're just doing and with principle and discipline and good stewardship, you're entering into God's rest as you're doing what he's called and, and purposed you to accomplish. Like I'm just walking with the Lord. This is God's design for us. Come to me, all you, he, you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I will do this with you. And you will be restful while you do it. But you need margin. You have to have disciplines. You can't just abuse yourself. Like you see how these disciplines all play into one another. Your soul needs a Sabbath. You know when when Israel actually uh, abandoned the Sabbath, God moved them into exile for 70 years. And in fact, that's exactly where you will find yourself if you don't honor the Sabbath, in bondage. This is where sin and iniquity starts to creep up. This is where you're emotionally spent, you're exhausted, you have no ability to have good standards and good practices. This is where, this is where addiction starts to set in. This is where abuse starts to set in. This is where immorality starts to set in. This is where anything that you can grab a hold of for control to fix to try to resolve some some woundedness and some emptiness that really is supposed to be fed by just time and presence with the Lord. You spend some time with the Lord, honor the Sabbath, push away from everything and just be in His presence, I promise you, your desire for the addictions will go away. Your desire for the immoral will start to pass. And every issue that so easily entangles you will be easier to manage and remove when you just find rest in God. T is your strength. T is lead your treasures. You ever noticed how when you feel like something bad or a loss has happened with your finances, boy, you get all anxious and all worked up and a little bit angry, right? I wonder what would happen if we felt that way when something bad happened towards God's people. boy, it'd be a different world, wouldn't it? Because your treasure sh- tr- surely is, your heart truly is where your treasure is. And it's easy to find out when something that accidentally happens to your finances, boy, your heart gets out, loud, bent out of shape. Your emotions go with it. Your ability to, to think clearly out the window. But what about God's kingdom? Is it not important to you? Does it not turn you over and get you a little turnt whenever something bad happens to God's people, or is it you know what? Are we so, are we so put out by it? Are we so just ah well, just another thing? Rhythms of prospering, three th- three John two, beloved. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Pastor Marcus talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Do you really want your finances to be in the same condition as your soul? Do you want your marriage relationship to be in the same condition as your soul? And in fact, let me just, it probably is. Does your marriage and your relationships matter enough for you to honor the Sabbath and steward well whatever you treasure in your heart? Does it mean that much or is your ability to outwork God in your mind and to have finances, finances, money more important than those things? I, I, I can I can look at your I can look at your calendar and your checkbook and tell you the answer if you don't know because it discloses all. Like open your calendar, oh, I'll tell you who you believe in. Open your checkbook, I'll tell you what you believe. Defeat Mammon is the next one. You've got to defeat it. Mammon, God, God's not concerned about you having money. In fact, sometimes his blessings actually provide it so that you can be a blessing to others. But mammon means I'm living for money. Money's making my decisions. My heart gets turned whenever something ain't right with money. There's a God on, on money. There's a God on finances. There's a God on this thing that causes you to desire wealth rather than God who provides wealth. And as disciples, we should always be pursuing a life of serving God while we're developing skills that that cause money to serve us. Y'all hear me? We should always be living to serve God while while putting in practices that create a way for money to serve us so we can serve God. Instead, we burn ourselves up 40, 50, 60 hours a week trying to serve money, and we show up to church. That's about the extent. Minimize your stuff. Like, there's some things that you purchase in a season. They're great for the season, but it's over. Sell that stuff. Sell it. Put holding on to it, thinking one day I might use it. Like, sell it. If it has any value, sell it. Like i I got a boat for sale. I got a car for sale. Anybody want it? I'm selling it. You could have sell it. It was great for the season, needed it. Don't need it anymore. Build in margin. Get rid of bad debt. That's debt like credit cards, loans, things that aren't making money for you. There's nothing wrong with debt as long as it's making money for you. Get rid of bad debt. Live on a budget and live below your means. Like below your means. Too many times we try to live in our best case scenarios and best case scenarios are rare. These things cause stress in our lives, which cause us not to be able to follow Christ and walk in his likeness. And I'm telling you, these things, not being practiced and put into discipline, will bring you to a wall, and God will try to work everything he can out of you so that you can actually start to conform and be a good steward through discipline. So as a review... Maintain healthy routine, manage your emotions, remember the Sabbath, and lead your treasures. Stop letting them lead you. Can we stand up? Can I pray for you? And I just want to ask you, if you'll bring that screen back up, please. I just want to ask you. in which one of these areas, if you'll bring it back up, please. Where's the Holy Spirit talking to you? It's not that He doesn't want to work on all of them. It's just that right now, there's a specific space or specific place He wants to start. And if He's saying... Manage your emotions. Holy Spirit, okay. Yes, I want to help. I need help managing my emotions. Will you help me? Will you start to help me with practices to better manage my emotions? Just if you'll come into an agreement with him. Maybe just remembering the Sabbath. Yes, Lord, would you help me to trust you that I can get more done in six days than I can in seven? Or maybe it's with treasures. Lord, would you teach me how to lead my money. Brethren, my money leading me. Lord, would you just help me have some routine? Because I live wild and out of, out of bounds. Where is he saying, can we just start here? Father, I just pray that you open up your voice ever so clear to the hearts of your people. And I pray for truly transformed hearts and transformed minds and people that truly want to be disciples of Christ with good stewardship in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.